0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of probably no ages, please welcome back to The Booth Podcast Weekly NHL Show. I am your host, one of your hosts, Kalen McFadden Carver, but joining me, as always, is the real captain of this specific ship, the SS. Ice. Yeah, no. The SS. The SS okay. of Phoenix plays in the college arena. Okay. 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 Alex <laughs> Hicks. Hicks, how you doing?
1: Um Yeah, I'm doing fucking fantastic, actually. You I, you know why. You, you know you why. Are. I told Hicks you. Was,
0: Hicks was embroiled in some controversy this weekend. Our boy is Currently in the series of his life, fighting to get to the finals of his Senior Hockey League. And there was some, uh, some controversy this weekend, but you guys came out on top. That's all that matters. Yep, we came out on top. That's it.
1: That's all. We're up 2 nothing in the series. Need one more to get to the final. That's all you get. That's all you hear. W. W. All right. W.
0: Hixie. Are you ready to talk some fucking hockey?
1: Yeah, I'm ready to talk some fucking hockey. Some shit went down this week. We got to talk it Sure did. We got to talk about
0: it. What are we talking about?
1: Man, we got to look at, okay, and and I know what everyone's going to say here, okay, because they're not doing great in the year, all right, but come on, three games, three games, all right, three-game heater for my boys on the East Coast, Montreal, Montreal. You wanna? Here's I don't even know how to explain it. Here's the thing: you trade to Foley, all right? You get some pieces, you get some shit for him. Yep. You bring in some young guys, probably probably kind of playing, probably not playing, whatever. But you bring in some picks. But you bring in Stanley Cup winner Mark Pan St. Louis, and you also hire Vinny LaCavie in the back office there. What What's Montreal building for next year? They're building the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning 2004 Stanley Cup winning team in their office.
0: There's there's rumors flying around that they're bringing Brad Richards top line center. I heard that. I mean, they might throw Javi Boulin back in net. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on this show, and we said that St. Louis, you bring in the guy that played the game, you know, that has won at this level. And again, like we said, we're, we're not saying they're a juggernaut. I'm not. We're not saying that they're coming for the cup. Oh wait, that's exactly. What yeah, oh wait, saying. Hang you on a second.
1: Five 5-2 on. Toronto. Dynasty. See you later. Here we go. Dynasty.
0: <laughs> no one's ready for the ten straight cups that Montreal's about to win. But I mean, no. Like, look at how quickly. Like, just a. Qu- uh, it's not a full on culture change yet. Like, it's still going to take some time to get St. Louis you know, his methods, his coaching style, his guys in there, but it's already paying off. It's already, you, you know, just some fresh juice in that building. Exactly. They're on a they're on a three game eater right now. And you know, like I think St. Louis will be
1: perfect for that dressing room, especially for Caulfield, because you want that guy, he's smaller, just like St. Louis. Right. And you, and, and he needed some guidance, right? Like he went down to the AHL earlier this year and now they brought him back up. And, they brought in a head coach who had to play Caulfield style. He had to play everyone counting him out, even though Caulfield was a top pick. He's still small, and he's still gonna go through all that shit. So I think bringing in St. Louis is just gonna fucking. He's gonna be like, "Hey,
0: been there, I've been there, been there." Like here's how, here's what you need to do to be successful. Um, and also, I mean, like. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know why, but I feel like it just Montreal hiring a French Canadian is probably some good karma or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And
1: he's played the game. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think uh, they're not going to keep this going. Obviously, we know that here at the booth. We're not Do idiots. We? Do we? I mean, I mean,
0: if they fucking win
1: out, if they win out.
0: If they win out if they okay so they've they got a they eleven thirty three and seven so that's forty four they played like fifty one games so like thirty one games left if they end the season on a thirty four game heater, well, I
1: mean then they'll go down
0: as the greatest fucking regular season team ever because here's like if they finish with a if they finish on a thirty four game heater, they'd still just be over five hundred. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I mean, but no, like we, we, we're not, we're not, I'm not, we're not saying they're a threat or anything right now, but you can see St. Louis, he's, he's changing some things up and it's working is what we're trying to say. And you know what? Yeah. It's, it's,
1: it's going to work. He's going to be there, hopefully for a long time. I, it's
0: good to. I just like seeing these guys who I grew up with fucking coming back in the league, and working the, the league. If you were like our age or like if you were just a fan of hockey at that point, like Marty St. Louis, like you can't. I absolutely hate Vincent LeCavalier. I hate him with every fiber of my being. Why? You know, I, you know exactly why. Because Vincent LeCavalier is an absolute bastard. But. Um Davey won't like that. Dave is a massive LeCavier fan, one oh, of his favorite tours ever. Is.
1: Oh, because he's a fucking <laughs> Canadian fan, isn't he? Man, well, fuck he's you. he's absent. Fuck Davey, right? He's had two of his fucking favorite teams go to the fucking finals. Like fuck him. I mean, they both yeah. lost. Well, but, but I mean, yeah,
0: but <laughs> think about this. The years before that, the Bengals didn't go to didn't win a playoff game for 30 years. And when's the last time the Habs were a juggernaut. I'll
1: say this for Davey, all right? I'll say this. He's been up here, and then he's had to crash pretty <laughs> He's <fucking> plummeted <laughs> And he's
0: handled it very well. Shout out to Dave. Hope yeah, to shout out to Davey. But, I love that boy. Um, But, yeah, like, St. <clears throat> Louis, like, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him be one of the great coaches. Because, yeah, it's guys we grew up watching on the ice, and now it's like, oh, can they, can they go behind the bench? Can they make it work back there? And that's what we're going to find out. And I'm
1: excited. I'm excited for next year for Montreal. Like, I honestly, I just want to see Montreal back to their old ways. All right? I just, it's like we always say this. We always say this. Hockey's better when Canadian teams are better.
0: Teams are good. Yes. And
1: and Montreal is, like, the fucking front runner. If they're good, then hockey's good. If they're shit, hockey's not great because, like, it's just Montreal – not everybody loves them, but
0: if if all the Canadian teams were in the playoffs, like it would be, hockey's great, electric.
1: That's all I gotta say. It would it would be electric. Yep. But hundred percent agree. But anyways, there's another Canadian team I think that we all have to point out here, and also Carve. I think you gotta make. I think you're you gotta make a little choice here. I don't know. You 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 kind Used to be, uh, uh, you know, and your other team is now, you know, uh, all I'm saying is Calgary on a 10-game fucking heater right now got to Holy from Montreal, and now is just running away with, not the Western Conference, because obviously we all know who's on top. But anyways,
0: Calgary. Okay, yes. So <clears throat> I have had prior affinity Maybe. and affiliations with Calgary when I was, a young boy, <laughs> a young pup, a young pup. Um, they are cooking. They are, like you said, a ten game heater is impressive at any point. Um, never forget when the Sabres did it a couple of years ago. But um, oh, like the start they got mm, the start they got Tyler and Like you said, they are just. It seems like there's no stopping them right now. They are firing on all cylinders. They are just such a good team, top to bottom. Um, it, and it, like you look at, you look at their um, look at the goalies first. You got to look at the goalies first, right?
1: Yep. So when when you go look at Jacob a fucking great pickup. I mean, yep. Vancouver, what are you doing? Edmonton, what are you doing? This guy comes into Calgary. He's right now supporting a 206 goals against average. Like in today's NHL, like everyone's like, oh, you gotta be under two. I mean, today's NHL, there's fucking goals being scored left, right, and center and fucking backwards. All right. So a 206
0: and a nine 28 fucking save percentage. Not to mention, on top of that, eight shutouts. Eight, eight shutouts you look at this 10 game win streak though like you said look at the goalies. okay so it starts 1 nothing then you got 4-3 okay then the next 8 until present day 4-2 6 nothing 5-2 5-2 6-2, 6-2 6-2 2-1 3-1 they give up 3 goals on this on this win streak is the most they've given up it's they're just like they're playing like sorry, I keep cutting off. They're playing like they played the year it would have been two or three years ago when they were the number one seed in the West and they got knocked out by some fuck team that no one remembers. And that team who shall remain nameless absolutely overwhelmed the hell out of them. That that's how Calgary's playing right now.
1: Yeah they're they're attacking right i, I was watching yeah. that winnipeg game, and it was like it was like a swarm of bumblebees i'm not saying everyone went onto the puck but you could see when they dumped the puck in it was there was two guys there all the time there's two guys there it, it, they wouldn't let you breathe and that and that's what it's how like it's it, just exactly it's the energy that they're bringing to the games and it's feeding off to the goalies cuz like if you it doesn't matter how many shots you let in a game. It's how many good shots you let in a game. And a goalie loves the easy shots, but he also loves the hard shots sometimes. So if you can just give him a lot of easy shots where he can track the puck, get used to the puck. And then those hard shots seem a lot easier for goalies because they've already been tracking the puck all game. They've been seeing the puck all game. So if those harder shots come in where they're a little bit screened or it's like a two on one or something like that they're going to be able to make that save a lot easier than if, you were giving up a lot of those shots all game. And that's what Calgary is doing. They're just playing amazing defense right now as well. They're, they're they're shutting down teams early. And that's what that's what you can see. Like, it was 1-1 against Winnipeg until, like, the last couple of seconds of the game. I think they scored 46 seconds left, and then they scored an empty netter. It's just because they're, they're
0: putting pressure on all game. Yep. It's... Yeah, and that was... Hey, that was great analysis there. That was actually very interesting. But yeah, I mean... <clears throat> It's the same principle as, you know, in football, you give your quarterback a few easy completions, just a few rhythm throws. Exactly. Throws he's made a hundred times, right? Mm -hmm. And then those deep shots, all of a sudden he's putting the ball in a window that he couldn't before. Same idea. You let your goalie face a couple of those easy ones. No problem. No problem. No problem. Shit. I have to make a difficult save. I've been doing it all game exactly like it's just a mental thing
1: it, yeah it, it, that's what it is it's muscle memory right like they've made that save a yeah. hundred times before and then the save that they've made probably 85 percent of the time they're going to probably save it because like we said he's been tracking the puck all game and that's why I like watching Calgary is because they don't let in let so many of those opportunities go up where they're going to let in those let a hard shot on their goal they, it, they're just a like sound defensive team. And then when they get the puck in the offensive zone, I've always, as an Avalanche fan, Colorado and I, Calgary used to play a lot. I used to go watch them. I hated fucking watching Calgary and Colorado because Colorado, when I used to watch them, they weren't that great, but Calgary was always that pesty fucking team who wouldn't let you fucking breathe. And that's why Colorado could never beat them is because Colorado was kind of a little fancy and Calgary was always like, Get in on you, like get in physical, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what you know. What and, and it's working for them. And uh I think they got Daryl Sittler right in the uh, as head coach. Sutter, Sutter, sorry, not Sittler, Sutter. My bad. Yeah, and yeah. and you know he, you know he's fucking back there telling his guys to run anybody through the fucking boards because he's <laughs> old school fucking
0: hockey, right? So old school guy, like he's. I mean, he was their coach when they were in the early two thousands. It's okay, Carl. It's okay. All right. Martin, Jela- Martin Jelanoff scored. Martin Jelinov scored. He didn't. But
1: he think didn't. If you don't, if you, he you didn't think, don't think he you're though. a kid, you're you I don't know
0: why we're doing this. <laughs> I'm not an idiot.
1: idiot. He did score. If he would have scored, they would have won, but he didn't. I'm just saying he didn't. It's like, was Aaron Donald offside? Yes. No, he wasn't.
0: Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Yes, he
1: was. You're only offside if it's called. You're only score goal if it's called.
0: No, no, no. You could line up offside, but you weren't called offside. Difference. No. He exactly. was
1: offside. So he wasn't offside. Because. <laughs> of... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Carv. He did score. But anyways.
0: <laughs> Moving oh. on.
1: Maybe your flames will be able to do it this year. Who knows? Oh, and they yeah, got yeah. better camera angles now. So
0: they are absolutely without a doubt, no question, my second team. I love Calgary. Love
1: should we, Calgary. Should we just motion back into your other team there? Because I've actually been willing to I don't think I don't think anybody's talking about this team. And I don't think anybody notices this fucking team because holy piss, do you not remember when Cindy Crosby is on the trade table going to the Colorado fucking avalanche? Like last year or something like that, and now and all of a sudden
0: we're the fifth or sixth best team in hockey. You guys,
1: you guys are fucking lighting a lamp, and I, I can't like. You guys have no roster. I don't even get it. Like you got Malkin and fucking Crosby and Jeff fucking Carter and Brian Boyle. Like,
0: and I just it's. It goes to show you that like those. 31, 13, and fucking eight. I can't even express that right now. 31, yeah. 13, and eight. I watched last year's Tristan Jari single-handedly lost quite a few games for us in the playoffs. And this year, he I'm not saying he's, you know, up for a Vezina or anything. Guy's got a 2.29 goals against average. Respectable. Not terrible. Not great. Fine. A 9-2-2 save percentage. A lot better than he has been in the past. Three shutouts. Okay, but yeah, like you said, I mean, you look at a roster here. Gensel, Crosby, Latang, Rust, Jeff Carter, Evan Rodriguez. It, Malkin, I think Malkin's only played 16 games this year. Exactly. Like Rust has played 30, and I think he's almost got 40 points. Like, Brian Rust is a guy. The, and, but the thing is, is you know, we're yeah like you said we don't have depth we do not have a lot of depth it's a top heavy team and it's a am- it's amazing that it's worked as well as it has for this long
1: culture that's all i'm gonna say i'm gonna put that culture it that's what it is it, it,
0: good teams good teams win
1: exactly and it, 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 the culture in any sport like like Pittsburgh. i'm sorry man but they don't have a fucking team that should be doing this good but it's just because the culture of the dressing Sidney Crosby is never going to have another fucking losing year of his life. It doesn't matter if I'm
0: playing on his wing and you're on the other fucking wing,
1: we're probably going to win fucking 45 games that year. Like,
0: and like, not to just harp on, not to just talk about my, my professional teams that I root for, but the parallel in the NFL, like the Ravens every year they win eight games doesn't matter who's starting, doesn't matter who's injured. This year, we finished one game under 500, I believe, and we had like 30 guys on IR. It's just if, if from the top down, like culture. It's such a thing in sports. And I think that to connect this back to our first kind of talking point, Marty St. Louis has been a part of a winning culture, a very winning team. He's won the cup. He's been to the top. He's led the league in points. He's got all this stuff. He knows what it takes to win. He's been around winners. He's been around successful franchises and he's coming to Montreal and he's saying, okay, listen, this is what it takes to win. It's not easy. It's not, you, you don't just win, you know, talent doesn't equal winning. Yeah. You know, I, I, you can have, look at, Countless Connor McDavid, the most talented player in the world. That culture is terrible. They have a cult. They have a losing culture. The Cleveland Browns in the NFL for, for three, four years, ever since the OBJ trade, which look where he fucking went and won. Ever since the OBJ trade, it was super bowls, you know, or bust. You have a losing culture. It doesn't matter who you bring in until you fix the problem, which is nobody in your building knows how to win. It exactly. doesn't matter how talented you are. Guess what? Every player in the NHL is really talented at hockey. Yeah. Every player in the NFL is really talented at football. It. There has to be more than that, and that's why Pittsburgh wins.
1: Exactly. It. It, it all falls like they. are not going to win the fucking cup every year, and I'm not saying they're winning the cup this year. No. I'm saying they're going to make the fucking playoffs every year, because, that's, like you said, yeah, it's it's culture. It all falls down to like. You want to fucking play for that guy. You want to play for the guy next to you. You want to play for the guy across the room from you. Because you see Sidney Crosby and you see Malkin and you see fucking Latang in that dressing room, and you're like, holy fuck. Like these guys have been great their entire careers. I don't want to let them down. So if I no. just go out there, do my fucking job, play the way I know how to play and just trying my hardest to win a game and not make mistakes, you're going to go out there every night. You're not going to win every game, but guess what? Crosby will you be get- there to pick a game for you. Sometimes yeah, Malkin would be there to pick a
0: game for you. Sometimes
1: like that's
0: it's. I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough. It's it's well they don't have, yeah oh, they they could use some more scoring or they you know they need a top point man or their yeah, their net might all that stuff's important. I'm not saying it is, isn't obviously no. if you have, but look at like, I mean biggest example I can think of the top of my head, the last two years Tom Brady in the NFL the Bucks were the losingest franchise in sports history they had the worst winning percentage of all major north american sports in their franchise's history you bring in the winningest player ever the greatest player ever and he comes and he says this is what it takes to win i've i am a winner this is what you have to do and you win like it you need someone there that You don't want to let down. That's what guys always say. It's like, oh, when I played with Peyton or Brady or, you know, when I played with Sid or whoever it is, I don't want to let them down because they've won. And then also, I think the thing is, too, is like, you know, when Crosby was drafted, the Penguins sucked, right? The Penguins were terrible. That's why they got him. But who was he mentored by? Who was he on the team with? Mario Lemieux. Okay, Mario, he, he knows how to win a few games. You know, he knows how to put the puck in the net. So Sid learned that culture of, okay, I, I need to be great. I need to win. And now Sid's that Mario Lemieux figure where he's the legend that's won. He's got three cups, trophies up the ass. And all these young guys are like, I don't want to let Sid down. And then those guys and so on and so on. Culture.
1: Exactly. And you can even look at, I'm going to throw some names out here. Pascual Dupuis, Chris Kunitz, Connor Sheary, Jake Gensel. Those four guys right there. Did not have an NHL career until they went and played with Sidney Crosby. Like, Pascal to Pete, yeah, you made the NHL. He had a pretty decent career. When he went to Pittsburgh, his career shot straight up because he was able to play with Crosby. He was on his line, and, Cros- and Crosby helped him to become what he was. Chris Kunitz, I know, he won. A, I think he won that Stanley Cup in Anaheim, I believe, undrafted. Chris
0: Kunitz is the luckiest player ever.
1: He's the luckiest player ever, but guess what? He played yeah. hard. He played with Crosby. Crosby loved him. Got him a gold medal. Got him a couple of Stanley yeah. Cups. Played over a thousand games in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Connor Sheary and Jake Gensel. Both two guys I never even heard of until they started playing on the line with uh, yeah. Sidney Crosby. Yeah. It's culture, man. That's all it is. It, 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 that's I'm how you sure. make a great team.
0: Yep. No debate. No debate. And there's those franchises like pittsburgh and like your colorado avalanche you have a rich history like there are teams that just have a winning culture and like you hear athletes talk about it you walk in the building and it feels different mm-hmm. like people care they mm-hmm. the little things and that's what ray lewis said greatness isn't you know three or four things done exceptionally well it's a bunch of little things done perfectly like it's not know that up. It's, yeah, and then over time all of a sudden it's routine and then it's it becomes just the way it is. And lo and behold.
1: So, anyways, back going back to another team that is building their way to greatness because I mean they've been fucking great ever since they entered the league in 2015, and now they're just gonna even be fucking better. So we better we might as well talk about this guy, Jack Eichel, making his return, lost two-nothing against Colorado. How about that? Three points. It's- Happy? I, I, right. I had I had to put that out there, right? I wanted yeah. Colorado to spoil that return, even though as much as Jack Eichel needs to be in the league,
0: I needed my Avalanche just to take that game, right? I needed him. I just needed it. Like if Eichel if Michael would have returned a game later, it's like let's go Eichel. <laughs> yeah, I would have been. Yeah. I would have been all over that, but he returned. He decided to come back against
1: my Avalanche, and you know what? We taught him a lesson. We're the best team in the league, so just leave us alone. Anyways, like you said, three points. Three games, they're fucking, they're going to be, uh, I don't. Jack
0: Eichel. It's Jack Eichel. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where absence makes the heart grow fonder and it's, you forgot, a lot of people forgot about Jack Eichel because he was in irrelevance and yeah. he, he never, made injury, never made the playoffs. He came back, he joined one of the best teams in the league and they got even better. And they're going to do the same shit that Tampa did. They're going to make the playoffs. They might make it to the cup final and they might win the whole thing. They might. They're so fucking stacked, man. I don't even
1: like, it's unbelievable how like they're, they're going to have eight guys that are on their forward group. that are going to get paid over $5 million. Like that is so insane to me. When when, when Stone comes back, they're going to be like, Hundred million dollars on salary, like. But hey, you know what? This is about Jack. This is about Jack. Yeah, so fucking happy he's back. You need those guys in the NHL. Doesn't matter if who they are. He's a superstar, right? He's a superstar in this league who was sheltered in Buffalo for so fucking long. I'm so happy he got out of there, and now he's with arguably the, the 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 most entertaining team in the NHL by.
0: Oh, fucking dude, far. You, We're going to see Jack so, Eichel
1: like we've never seen Jack Eichel before.
0: Dude. And again, I am, you are our hockey aficionado. I am the drawing connections from the NHL to the NFL world. He's Matt Stafford, Matt mm-hmm. Stafford, generational talent. Was a, he was a number one overall pick. Eichel was number two overall. And if Connor McDavid, the best player of all time, maybe didn't exist. Eichel would have been the consensus top pick. Um, in a small market, losing franchise, terrible team, buried. But fans of that team are saying, "You don't realize how good this player is." Yeah, gets to it, gets to like in the NFL, maybe the most exciting team to watch. Los Angeles, big Hollywood stars, new stadium, rich owner. You know, goes there. Oh my god, he's amazing. Jack Eichel goes to the new expansion team that is made the finals their first year in the gambling capital capital of the world with sports betting legalized now flashy uniforms bright lights the vegas strip jack eichel it's match made in heaven it really is dude and like you said it's so good for the league because being a hockey fan like you and me and like we could sit there and watch guys like you know Dave Boland and and grind it out and gritty and in the corners, and we, we would be so happy. Oh, yeah! But to expand the league, you need superstars, exactly. you need guys. It's like, holy, shit. he's doing this on ice with a stick! Like, that's Jack Eichel is a superstar, and I'm so pumped we're gonna get to see him now.
1: You're, you're yeah, exactly. You're finally gonna be able to see Jack Eichel. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. doing ungodly.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the NHL, Yo. Jack Eichel. <laughs> Wow! You how long were you the (laughs) miners? Yeah, wait. Are you this? Are you Calder? You're the race for the Calder. You you right now? Oh shit! Holy shit, dude! But no, like
1: that's what it feels like. It it feels like we're finally gonna be able to see the the arguably top, at least top ten, maybe top five player in the league. We just didn't know that he was a top five player in the league because. He was literally playing in the shittiest market. Well, actually, no, he's not. He thought, wasn't playing in the shittiest, but he's playing in no, one of the. He shittiest. was
0: playing. He was playing in an NHL arena.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's getting Still. exposed to like five thousand more fans. So yeah. he, <laughs> 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 he he wasn't playing meaningful hockey, but now he is. So
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. He went from not playing meaningful, meaningful hockey to now he's playing meaningful hockey, but. <laughs> Segue. Speaking of a guy who's playing meaningful hockey, connecting the dots here. Just this is the only time I'll leave a segment. But Jeff Skinner is the greatest hockey player. Is playing. the best acquisition Buffalo's made, and like Jeff Skinner, fifteen years. <laughs> so there's a lost episode of the SRB podcast oh, yeah, there's from there's like a, a year a- ago, where we dissected where Buffalo went wrong and everything, and we tried to fix them. They're impossible and to fix. We talked about Jeff Skinner and it's notorious among hockey fans. One of the worst signings ever. It was an abomination. Terrible. He, he, he shouldn't. Yeah. It Brutal. All of a sudden, I, he's not worth it still. What he's being paid like Mm-mm. and the contract is, oh, you're screwed. Mm-mm. Oh, but he's playing good hockey right now. And that's. I'm... Good for that. At least he's got twenty
1: fucking goals. That's what I'm saying. I think he's only got like 14 assists or something like that. But hey,
0: twenty. He's he's finally you got. Weren't, you weren't paying Skinner to be a uh, set up to play. You're paying Skinner to net the puck, and yeah, shit, he's doing it.
1: Before this year, you were paying Skinner probably a million dollars a goal, <laughs> a year. <laughs>
0: yeah, straight up. <laughs> oh my but,
1: god but this year you're finally paying him around four hundred thousand dollars a goal so far
0: exactly <laughs> you, you've cut that down yes you know, over
1: half so good job on that one buffalo but you're he, they're gonna be stuck with him but hey you know what it's it's good to see him just making something out of nothing right he loses jack eichel now Playing he's,
0: meaningful hockey yeah
1: he's playing meaningful hockey in buffalo which is that's going to be, like, the most notorious fucking uh, notorious quote, uh, quote ever. Because, like, that person, Taylor Hall, <laughs> yep. could have went to, uh-huh, or he could have went to Boston before, or he could have went to back to Edmonton, eh, or he could have went anywhere else, and then he decides
0: he could have went anywhere else. But he chose the worst team in the league at the time by a mile. It, 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 the fact that he said meeting for hockey, it,
1: it just doesn't even make sense. Like everyone knew like, yeah, you went there for $8 million. Like that's. Just tell it like it is. Yeah,
0: just say it how he you... offered me an unbelievable <laughs> amount of money. They offer me eight million dollars. There is no expectations (laughs) of me. I am an MVP of this league. Fuck it.
1: Like Taylor Hall has been such a weird. We didn't even have him in our notes, but I'm just gonna try to. Taylor Hall's been a weird weird, career because like he went Edmonton, New Jersey, Arizona, Buffalo for meaningful hockey. Now he's in Boston. So like he's been like around the league a little bit. But he will forever be known for telling everyone he wants to go to Buffalo for meaningful hockey. I just want everyone to understand how critical that quote is in everyone's lives right now. It doesn't matter who you are.
0: He's playing meaningful hockey. It's unbelievable because yeah, and that's weird though. He has bounced around the league a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I just I always think of him as, yeah, meaningful hockey or the one for I think one it was. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I always think of him. I think it was his first career fight. It was like his first or second career fight and he fought Derek Dorsett oh, <laughs> and broke his ankle. Oh, my God. I, I think of that a lot, too. And it was like his second or third year in the league. This young, hot shot in Edmonton who was dope. And then he's like, dude, I'm going to fucking fight Derek Dorsett. And Dorsett, idea. Derek Dorsett folded the piss out of him and just snapped his ankle. I mean... For those of you that don't know Derek Dorsett, there's a reason you don't know Derek Dorsett. It's because he punches guys on ice for a living. Exactly, and he's Used probably to. a millionaire for it. So, oh yeah, it's just but he was there to fight. He oh yeah, hundred percent. That's all he was there. And you know what?
1: Good for him. Good for Taylor Hall. He's now playing meaningful hockey. Yep. Um, in Boston, the other B. Yep. But you know, carve. It, it's probably our probably most favorite time of the year. Because we're getting into March, and I do believe there's a certain something in March, other than March Madness, because I don't care about basketball. Other than March Madness, there's a little something in the NHL that happens in March.
0: And something a little something called the trade deadline. Trade deadline. I'm going to stop you really quick. This is absolutely not my favorite time of the year because it's just the end of February. But I, I appreciate what you're saying. The trade deadline. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's not March yet. It's March next
1: Tuesday. March first is yeah. next Tuesday.
0: No, but I mean, even then, is would you say this is your favorite time of the year? Um. Yeah. You're just saying that because you fucking said it. We're in the we gritty of the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> oh, when we get into the like when it it's starting to wrap up to see oh we go but like oh we're going yeah. like two yeah. months left. Oh yeah. I'm gonna but win yes. this trade
1: deadline. Trade deadline. Favorite time of the year, teams are trying to get in the playoffs. Montreal's making a push, last stand push, all right? They're like,
0: 3 they're they're the 300 Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae against the Persians, all right? They're outnumbered. The the odds are against them. They can't do this. But Marty St. Louis.
1: But they got Leonidas, Martin St. Louis back there.
0: Martin St. Leonidas. (laughs) Martin St. Leonidas. And they are going for the cup. They don't want to just make the playoffs. No, 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 no. He says, "Oh, we were in the Cup final last year. This year, we're going to win it." If you imagine, if he would have said that in his opening press conference, but I'm sorry, you can you lead us into this.
1: We're going to the trade deadline, all right? Uh, uh, I, I personally, if you ask me, trade deadline's way too late, and I know that it allows teams to make trades. If you want to bring a guy in at least a little month or two months before the season ends. Because yeah. as we've seen many, many, many fucking times before, teams that make big deals at the end of the trade, at the, at the trade deadline, they usually don't work out as well as they hope because the guy's only been there for a fucking month and he barely even knows anybody and it's a new city, it's a new system, it's new everything. And he's got to learn that all in a month and then you go into fucking playoffs, right?
0: And then, he, then he gets labeled as it a bad trade and there's immediate, yes, it doesn't work. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they need to change that quick. But anyways, I was was looking through my list of people, right? And there's one guy who I really wanted to put out there. I I highly fucking doubt he's going to get traded because we all know what Vegas is doing. Riley Smith. Okay. 49 games played, 33 points, 14 goals, 19 assists, $5 million on the cap. And he's UFA in summer. I'm saying that would be a good pickup for any fucking team right now. Riley Smith, you kidding me, That guy came over from, I think he got traded from Boston to Florida, and then he went from Florida to got picked up in the expansion draft to Vegas and has been a fucking threat ever since. Yes. We all know he's not being fucking traded because we know Vegas, you're not being sneaky, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I mean, they're like,
0: oh, there was a loophole that's exposed that still hasn't been fixed yet. We'll take advantage of it too.
1: Exactly. So,
0: And all the power to you. But- it. That is a sneaky little, like, he's a quiet 50 to 55 point a year guy. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he is a threat for any team making a cup final that just wants a little more firepower. Fucking fire off a trade offer.
1: Exactly. And, and you know what? Uh Five million for Riley Smith, not even really that bad. He's a right winger and right wingers are really popular in the NHL right now. A lot of people need a good hard nosed right winger. Some guy's going to go yeah. in the corners and hit, but who else can score a fucking goal? So yep, I'm saying there's going to be teams looking for him. It's weird to see a fucking team like Vegas kind of selling because of the cap situation they're in right now. They're not, yeah. but it's kind of weird to see that they're in that situation. But it, yeah. it, I just like, it, and I'm going through the list. It, there, there's so many players on here, like, like uh, uh Terry Lekanen in, in Montreal, young guy. I think he's fucking, like, how old is he? 26. He's got 20 points on a fucking Montreal Canadiens team right now. $2.3 million. Another right winger. Like, not big names. I'm not starting off the big names, but I'm just starting off with some people who probably are going to be traded except for Ryder Smith. But Aturi Leckinen, yeah, he's going to get traded for Montreal because they are selling. I know that they're selling. Everyone knows that they're selling. They're going for picks, and they're going for to sign guys in the offseason. They're going to be a threat next year. Watch that out. Hot take. Yep. Put that right there on fucking record right now. Hot take. Montreal's
0: going to be a threat next year?
1: Oh, 100%, man. If Carey Price has come back, Marty Satan will be behind the box. I don't know but
0: no, I don't know if that's a hot take, though.
1: How's that not a hot take? Last worst team in the NHL? Yeah, but
0: gonna- yeah, the worst team in the NHL without their franchise goalie they lost their captain they went through a coaching change mid-season so all that stuff's pretty hard to overcome and the year before that they were in the cup five it's
1: a hot take because of the worst team in the nhl that's like saying (laughs) i'm not saying arizona's gonna be the best team in the league that would be like like the the, fucking stove top take
0: that's like the year that peyton manning left the colts and they were really shitty and everyone knew they were getting andrew luck the next year and it's like Hot take. They're going to be good. once It's like, yeah, they had all the pieces already. <laughs> but yeah, okay. You know what? I will I will concede to you. Hot take. Montreal is going to be a threat next year. It will be a threat. You watch the fuck out. I will watch the fuck out.
1: Anyways, another big name, Phil Kessel. <clears throat> I hope the fuck this guy gets out of fucking Arizona.
0: Hopefully. To God. He's not only is he like, again, Obviously age, you know, he's slowed down a bit and uh, (laughs) Phil's never been the most spry guy out there, but shit in his heyday, Phil the thrill. But I mean, like you said, he's, that's a guy that's just a threat. The team wants a little more firepower. And like we said, a culture, Phil Kessel's been a winner. He is a winner. He knows what a winning culture is. Do you know who's not a winner? Arizona. (laughs) Get him out. Do you think Phil the thrill belongs in a college arena? No. Get Phil out of Arizona. Someone trade for him. Bring him back to Pittsburgh. I don't even think he would beat
1: that much. It, it, he has 33 points on an Arizona team right now in 50 games, six goals, 27 assists, $8 million salary. That's going to be the ending point for that because $8 million, that's a heavy take. You're going to have to get Arizona to retain some, and they fucking want to because they're going to have zero players on their team next year. They're not going to make the base salary.
0: so <laughs> They're going to need to. <laughs> yeah, he's... He, i don't know i but hope the, with those loopholes there's a team that could do that you know you trade for phil and all of a sudden oh shit someone's on ltir ah they had the lingering hamstring issue they never really got fixed we have to put them out there for a while phil hop right in
1: yeah like if you're talking about teams like that like right here they definitely could do that a hundred percent they could bring in phil put like landy or anybody on the LTIR they could put Eric Johnson who's making six million dollars right now throw him on the LTIR on defense bring in Phil I mean why the fuck not like if if I'd you love could to see that I'd love to see it, Phil in Colorado exactly I think he fits the fucking resume for Colorado I mean he's kind of fast but he's got a fucking shot from hell comes around that circle man comes around that circle and lets that snapshot go it's like 100 mile so, an hour snap snapshot so- but he needs I mean, out, man.
0: He needs out. Christ, he looks like he's aged 85 years since he's been in the desert. Like
1: You're uh, supposed to look younger when you fucking go there. Yeah,
0: that's where you go to retire and relax and it's nice weather and you're just golfing. And Phil looks like he's been through hell and back.
1: Because he has been. Are you kidding me? That team has been fucking.
0: Well, yeah. and then So all the shit he's got to deal with. And then on top of that, they tell him, hey, you're now going to be playing in front of a third of the people. You're playing in a college well,
1: arena. Well, you're going to be playing in roughly the same amount of people. but You're going to just... be playing
0: it with the same amount of people, but um, you're going to be playing in a college arena. What do you...
1: I, I just want to know. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait, but I can't wait. Like, You know what I mean? I I can't wait because I don't want it to happen, but then I can't hey, wait. Can you wait? <laughs> Let me finish. I can't wait because I don't want it to happen, but I can't wait because I also want to see... Do they? Do they sell out?
0: <laughs> you have to sell the
1: team, like no. Do do they sell out the stadium? Oh,
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't think they do. You don't think they do? Maybe opening night. When do they move there?
1: The next year, like they start there next year.
0: <laughs> like, like is that? But the fact that it's even, like, debatable is pathetic. <laughs> they are one of one when it comes to being shit-fucked franchises. If I was the owner,
1: I, if any Eddie, Eddie leftover tickets, I would fucking buy them just because.
0: Oh, yeah. So that I would could give be them sell homeless out. people and just be like, hey, come, come in. sit. We need bodies. Yeah, you could sleep here tonight. Yeah, we'll gladly feed you. Here's your free ticket. Here's where you sit. Enjoy some entertainment.
1: Well, is it entertainment? But anyways.
0: No. (laughs) uh, Save Phil Kessel.
1: Save. Right there. Hashtag save Phil Kessel. Hashtag good job, Gary.
0: That's the title of this episode. Save Phil Kessel. I'll put it in there. Good.
1: Anyways, another one. Paul Stastny. Veteran centerman. Plays for Winnipeg (laughs) Jets. Stamp I mean, fucking, was it St. Louis? Yeah. God damn sure
0: it. Sure as fuck wasn't with you.
1: A lot of Colorado fucking people winning a cup on that St. Louis fucking team.
0: Yeah, when they left Colorado. Yeah. Fuck. So like, oh, we don't have to play needle-needle rider. Oh, okay. We can actually win now.
1: Okay. Now into my two big boys, right? Yep. So shut the fuck up. We got Thomas, four goals a game hurdle. On the trade block in San Jose. Yep. Now, forty points, forty nine games, only a five million, five and a half million dollar cap right now. Right, so he's he's a guy who can come in and fucking put your team in that next step. Right, I I believe it'll be team, he won't go to a cup contender necessarily. I know he's got a small cap room, but if if you take a look at Like lower, like not lower bowl teams, but teams who are not like are gonna make it. Like, if you look at an Edmonton, could fucking use someone like that, like a Thomas Hurdle, so fucking bad. Or you take a look at a Nashville, just needs that extra step. Or even if you go to the Eastern Conference, you could bring in like New York or Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh could definitely use him. Or even fucking Boston. Like, Boston's getting older. Yep. But they still got that culture, like we said. Like, bring bring in a guy like Hurdle who can play with Hall go out there and score a couple of fucking
0: goals. Almost usher them into the new era of the bees. Like yeah, exactly. Cause Marchand, Crecci, Bergeron, Rask retired. Like it, it, that era that we, the prime of our watching, like they're going to retire. Um, and then you'd have hall hurdle, get some new blood in there. I'd love to see him in a place. Like you said, Nashville, um, as much as we shit on them, I actually want Edmonton to be good. Exactly. Because of Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see him in Edmonton. Um, yeah, like Pittsburgh, obviously, love to have them. I mean, just somewhere where, yeah, maybe not not a Colorado, uh, Calgary, Vegas, like not a top tier team, but one of those fringe teams that could, that you add have hurdle, the cap room. Yeah, they have the cap room and you add hurdle and all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit. oh shit, they got a little bit scarier. Like yeah, they exactly. are feisty now. They they have potential.
1: Yeah, and and that's what you want to see, right? You, I'd like to see some non-cup contending teams but playoff teams make some big acquisitions this 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 trade deadline because it, <clears throat> you got you,
0: how it's 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 cuz then you you run into a scenario where you have the 2012 Kings. Exactly. So it's like it's you're like, holy shit, this team is, this team is good. Like yeah. they are dogs and you add hurdle. You, you all of a sudden kind of have a team like that, where it's like, if you're a fringe playoff team and you add a guy that has the potential to get a four goal, five goal game, you know, obviously that's not what you're expecting out of him, but yeah, you know, he can do it. Like all of a sudden you, you could upset some teams in the playoffs.
1: Exactly. I, I love a good old fucking upset, right? Mm-hmm. i I think everyone fucking thrives from the fucking underdogs. You'll want them to win.
0: Yeah, when Minnesota upset Colorado.
1: Like when Colorado upset Calgary.
0: Uh, I don't uh, yeah, but I wasn't affiliated with Calgary, so doesn't really know. Oh shut the fuck up. You're like yeah, you know. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I had to give my little nino neater, neater writer dig. But um yeah. Everyone who doesn't love an upset? Like Upsets are upsets are good for sports. Yeah,
1: like they they revived that fan base in LA. Upsets. Another big big guy, who I don't. It's a weird situation going on right now. Like Philly, supposed to be fucking good. All right, they're supposed to have their franchise goaltender. They're supposed to. They made acquisitions. I think they got that guy from Columbus, uh, Cam Mm -hmm. Atkinson, not having the year they wish they had, and now. Everyone's hearing some rumblings that uh, good old uh, Claude Drew on the trade block and a certain someone might be picking him up,
0: might be sprinkling him in the top two light up here. What would you, what's a realistic package you would have to, what do you think you'd have to trade? Would you do McKinnon for Clojure straight up? Straight up, man. Like,
1: you don't even know how much I want to do that trade.
0: That, no cap.
1: No cap. I, I would even retain half of McKinnon's salary for that.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. You might have to give up a couple first, too, though. Uh,
1: I mean, it's Drew. I mean, I think. And Landeskog.
0: Had-
1: <laughs> Just their top line for fucking And McCart, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Yeah,
0: like, I mean, what do you actually think, realistically, you'd have to give up to Philly?
1: I- I've seen so many things on this, all right? And I- He's gonna have to, so he's gonna to have to go to Arizona, and Arizona's gonna to have to retain salary, and then he's gonna to come to Colorado. So we're gonna do a three-team trade. So this is how it's gonna go down. All right, it's Colorado. Okay. Colorado's giving up JT Comfer. Okay. and they want so they want an NHL-ready player. They want a prospect. So our prospects either gonna be Drew Heelson or Justin Barron. All right, and then they want a first. So we're going to have to send those three things to fucking Philly. And then we're going to have to send a draft pick of some sort to Arizona for retaining salary. Would you do it? No, I would not fucking do that trade, man. Like as much as I want Drew on the team, Colorado right now, they just got this tight knit group who we haven't had any injuries as, as of late as too many, as much injuries. So, like our top two lines is because that's where Drew's gonna fit in, is Kadri, Nechuskin, Burakovsky, McKinnon, Lanaskog, Granton, they've been playing together all fucking year. So you don't want to bring in a guy to break those up because they've
0: already made that chemistry.
1: They've already they know where each other's gonna be, they know each other's tendencies and they know how, they just know how to play with each other. Well,
0: and that's that's such a thing for for those that are listening or that aren't that are getting into hockey or you whatever. Um, line chemistry, like chemistry with your line mates, is such a big thing, man. Like, you played the sport, I've just watched it my whole life, but knowing the guys beside you, again, it's the same in football. Quarterback and receivers, the offensive line, the defensive line, the defense as a whole, the secondary, communication, chemistry. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to trust your guy. Where's he going to be? Okay, what's he like to do? Uh, You know, just things like that. You need to be able to rely. And also, the thing with Giroux is like, on paper like what the hell you wouldn't but it's like we said man you are the best team in hockey right now you are number one atop the league if it ain't broke like I understand that Claude Giroux is Claude Giroux okay that would be great you're the best team in hockey right now Yeah. like if it ain't broke don't fix it you don't want to mess with a good thing if you guys all of a sudden go on an 11 game losing streak before the deadline and you know there's problems in the building and maybe some tension, okay, take a chance on Claude Giroux, like, but as of right now, it's like, there's not much to to work on, like, obviously you can always get better, yada, yada, yeah, I know, but right now, you're a very good hockey team, and like you said, your top two lines where he would fit in are playing great hockey.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, we got we got a guy in the top five of scoring in Nazem Kadri playing on this, that second line, and you don't want, like, because if he comes in, he's, he, some has to move down, like, we're not going to put a guy like drew on the third line, that's not where he belongs. He doesn't, be- he doesn't deserve that ice time. He doesn't deserve, that. he deserves more ice time. We wouldn't bring in a guy we traded
0: three pieces for, let just stick him on the third line. Carver, that's don't what it- the league. That's what the league thinks. They say, There's no way they put him on the third line, that would be ludicrous. And then all of a sudden, you put him on your third line, and the league goes, Oh my god got to worry about a third line we're gonna worry happen? about claude Giroux on the third yeah we have to worry about their top three lines you guys win a cup
1: i wouldn't say we win the cup but i'm just saying like you said oh, you win the cup okay well then get fucking drew because i need a fucking yeah. a little- <laughs> but all i'm saying is don't bring up break up the chemistry if you don't have to like if i'm if i'm colorado if i'm team like colorado I would go for, like, a fucking extra defenseman or an extra forward or even a third goalie because, like, we don't have a very good goalie depth. Like, if, if Franco or uh, Kemper goes down, bring in, like, a Hutchinson again or bring in something like that. Like, we don't need an a fucking year-breaking trade where we have to give up good pieces just to get this well, guy to and- come in and not sign him in the summer.
0: Exactly. And when's the last time that, like, A top team was like, Hey, we're the best team in the league. We need to just shake it up because we are, you guys are currently second in the league in goals. Like, you have no problems, (laughs) you know, like fifth in shots on goal, fifth in shooting percentage, ninth on power play percentage. Like, you guys are doing just fine offensively. Yeah. You might say you're doing fantastic. So, Yeah, you don't and- really need to sell the farm for a guy that might not fit in as well as the pieces you have. We exactly. Yeah,
1: and and you know what? And that's that's kind of the thing coming with the trade deadline is like you're seeing more and more trades be happen earlier in the year, like i.e. Buffalo and Vegas. Yep. Yeah. And it, I I believe that's the best way to do it. I, I think if you 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 know if you're a cup contender. And you know what you need at the start of the year. So go out and get that before it's too late, before before you have to adjust to a new well, player coming out at the end of the year.
0: Dude, I think the thing that a lot of teams, I don't know if they forget or don't realize, or maybe it's just us being, you know, quarterbacking from the couch, That's it's easier to say mm-hmm. in our position. Of course it is, but it is a trade deadline. It's not, oh, trades are cheaper this day no it's a trade this is the last day to do it if you like anything you you wait till a deadline to do yeah yeah is never as good as something you can take time and think about and work on earlier Mm -hmm. if you said oh okay i don't oh my essay you know i have a deadline okay we'll just do it the deadline It's not going to be as good as if you sat down and thought, okay, what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. That's what I never get. So it's like everyone's always shocked about the lack of deadline deals. No, these teams have gotten what they need, it's in their building. They just need to assemble the pieces.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: Waiting till a deadline to get the piece that'll change something for your franchise is a ludicrous way to go about it, I think.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's like the deadline should only be for, oh shit, like, We need a fourth, a a fifth, or sorry, a seventh D-man, or we need a a fifth centerman, or something like that. Or,
0: or, oh, so-and-so got injured two weeks ago. He's not going to be back in time for playoffs. Let's take a flyer on this guy.
1: Exactly, and I think that's what... That's what it should be. Used it shouldn't
0: for. it? Shouldn't be for? Oh, we're the best team in the league. Okay, we should probably sell the farm, shake up everything a yeah. month before playoffs start. We're almost guaranteed to make them. We should probably shake up the chemistry that's been great. Yeah. Nope. Not no, not the best shouldn't. thing.
1: No. Nope. But anyways, I think the last thoughts of the day. I wanted to leave this to last because I want to get your opinion on it. Okay. McKinnon slash. It's been a pretty big thing as a late has been i, I um, want your true fucking opinion because i feel like you're gonna fucking well,
0: yeah okay so i've seen nathan nathan the fucking McKinnon... <laughs> hey hey All right. so nathan mckinnon's attempted murders what we're talking about. <laughs> um it was no i think i it was against boston yeah yeah okay i couldn't remember the team so it was if you haven't seen it i'm sure you can go and find it it's right after the face-off they draw and then McKinnon slashes the linesman. Mm-hmm. So has the punishment ha- come out from it yet?
1: Yeah, he's not getting punished.
0: He's n- no suspension or anything,
1: right? No, no.
0: So what was what did he say about it? Did he offer a comment at all? I haven't I, truly looked it up or anything.
1: I haven't seen. I don't think he has spoken about it. I think he's, he's spoken to the league, and I think he's spoken to the linesman. So right. what happened was he was off a draw. The guy, McKinnon's head went down. The guy kind of gave him a shot, which everyone fucking does in a face-off. I'm not saying yeah. this because they're my yeah. favorite team. If you're not going a guy to guide a vulnerable, not a vulnerable position, but if you got a time to like, you know, give a quick shot yeah. to a guy in a face-off, everyone fucking does it. McKinnon does Talky. it. All the time. I've seen him do it all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. And does everyone does
1: it. And we were losing 5-1. Tempers were flaring. Exactly. Yes. And this guy gives that shot to McKinnon. I think he overreacted by a lot because he did fuck it two hand him. Well, tried to. So the guy was skating past him. Linesman was still standing at the face off dot. McKinnon took a stick, two hand, tried to hit him in the back of legs,
0: missed completely. Like, I, I don't know how he, he missed, missed. He missed wildly.
1: I don't even like I know it was not on
0: purpose because once he slashed this linesman, you could see, like, oh, he's like, oh fuck, like I'm in as a linesman, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know this seems like a stupid thing, but honestly, you've like you said, you've played hockey and shit like that. Heat of the moment, you're down, like, so you you make the choice quickly to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to take consideration. I know this seems ridiculous when I'm gonna say it, but you'll be like, okay, like, yes, Boston, they have you know the black. Hockey pants, mm-hmm. the refs wear black, like it, in a blur. It's, it's, this is all, you know, we can look at it in super slow motion from an eagle eye camera above and dissect it and go back and look at his angles. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, we're going to be like, it looks like he slashes this lineman. Mm-hmm. Heat of the moment quickly. You're in a face off draw. Everything's moving a thousand miles an hour. You slash it. You don't know what you're aiming at necessarily, which is, I understand, can be pro or for or pro or against, but. It wasn't, he didn't take two hands at the butt of his stick, yeah, and absolutely crash this guy's ACL. He gave him a quick slash, it was five to one. It they were down. He was trying to hit the centerman, obviously, trying to give him a little shot back, missed, hit the lines with accent. You can see him instantly realize it. And, like you said, I'm sure he talked to lines of fuck, man, yeah. Well, obviously, wasn't trying to attack you. In my yeah, script, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think people who are calling for a suspension, calling for all this shit, I think they're being ridiculous. Well, like
1: I shut off the game because, like, it was in it was twelve o'clock when the game started, and when they started losing five one, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go do something else," just because I'm not gonna watch my favorite team lose five one. There's no point. But yeah, not a free so, fan. Okay, so no, I go on, go on. Yeah. So I was I was looking at Twitter while the game was happening. And it okay. sounded like McKinnon fucking Killed murdered. Him. Yeah, like it, it sounded like he was trying to kill, like he was on top of the linesman sticking his stick down his throat. Like <laughs> yeah, It
0: sounded like he attached a saw blade to the yeah. end of his stick. It and was shaking. Lines, yes, and had the linesman down on the ground. Like, I even think when I got the score notification, uh, shout out to the score, I think, I, I honestly think the phrasing was mckinnon hacks lineman and at first i'm like this got like something in his brain snapped. he'd had enough and he's like i'm a sociopath yeah I'm... and he was he was hacking the lineman no that's not what happened no it was as simple as he meant to give a shot back that was delivered to him like he said happens all the time so obviously he was frustrated you're losing five to one what if you're if you're a professional athlete and you're losing in in not by four. If you're losing four scores, and you're not frustrated, that's I'm a wrong problem. With you. Yeah, yeah. You know, take on the frustration. And here's the thing, and not to start anything. If that was Nazem Kadri, there would even be a little bit more of a thing where it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> it's Nathan McKinnon he's Yeah, never been suspended that I know of. I don't think. Maybe uh, he has
1: been. No, he yeah, he threw a helmet at someone. Right,
0: but he he's never been a guy. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> tom wilson over here like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. McKin, okay that's not his game he was frustrated get over and, it if and you're li- pissed off about it fuck you
1: <laughs> and he hit him in the shin pads and linesmen wear shin yes. pads like everyone else on the ice because they get yes. hit with pucks too so it literally yeah. and the linesman didn't even react to it that was the funniest thing like it hit him in the shin pad and the linesman just standing there like oh oh I mean, shit
0: dennis Wideman killed a ref yeah like, he- who <laughs> cares
1: but, anyways, I just wanted your thoughts on that. Like no, what I am first- totally
0: with you, dude. It was it was ridiculous. People who uh, again, when I like I was with you when I got the score notification, McKinnon, it was like McKinnon hacks or slashes referee or something. I was like, okay, and then I, I checked Twitter, see McKinnon, and okay, McKinnon takes shot at ref. And I'm like, Oh my god, like yeah. is he was there a bad call or something? And he just <laughs> fucking slashed the ref. No. No, No, that's not what happened.
1: Literally, the most innocent, not most innocent, but it was like, yeah. I don't know why they made it seem like such a big thing because, like, that's like when you shoot a puck around the boards and it accidentally hits the ref in the leg, and they were
0: just like, McKinnon fires pocket (laughs) referee. It's like, oh, referee's head. (laughs) Yeah, like McKinnon threat. (laughs) McKinnon arrested for attempted murder. Like, (laughs) it's just, hey, it's hockey. Get over it yeah. like um before we wrap up because I think we're getting to the end here something that broke today not too long ago, hey teams, and I mean this hicks, can you just refresh my memory really quick yeah sure what year are we in?
1: I do believe we are in the year a d twenty
0: twenty two 2022. Okay. So just to be clear, it's mm-hmm. not 2009. No. No. Okay. No. So why the fuck are teams inquiring about Zdeno Chara? Oh, right.
1: I fucking forgot.
0: That. Listen, I understand he's six foot nine and a Stanley Cup winner, a Ten Norris winner. Year. I get it. Yeah. And I understand. That I understand, I get the whole. Oh, it's probably more for the locker room, obviously, because on the ice, <laughs> he's forty five. Literally, I think he's 44, 45.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He can't skate. Like, I saw the. I just it. I sent it to Hicks. I sent it to you immediately after I saw it, and I was just like, "Why?" It was it, the headline was teams inquiring about Zdeno Chara, and I sent it to Alex, and I was like, "Why? Why are they inquiring about him?" It, it, I don't get it. I don't get it. He's cheap. He's cheap. He's also. I think literally by now, by definition, he's an ancient relic. Like he is. <laughs> he's prehistoric. And I know that we said during our trade
1: deadline segment that teams are looking for that seventh D bad. Look somewhere else. Like I. <laughs> I also. I
0: also understand that we've this whole episode we've been preaching culture. Look somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> If you're bringing him in as a defenseman coach. I was going to say, unless you're saying, hey, we need him as a D-man coach. That's the only reason you should be calling about his
1: availability, in my opinion. Exactly. And if, if, if he can be the D-man coach, an emergency D-man.
0: Like, they have emergency goalies. If yeah. you need an emergency D-man. if Everyone within a 50-mile radius of your arena that you're playing in that night who is a defenseman. Cannot suit up, put in Chara, and I'm not saying he's bad, but if I am, (laughs) I'm saying he's a 44 year old, six foot nine, 260 pound defenseman whose time has passed, my friends.
1: But I'm just saying, if you're in a Stanley Cup final against, I'm not again. I'm not using my own team as a thing.
0: No, but but... gets stuck out there with Nathan (laughs) McKinnon. If McKinnon's coming down one-on-one against Zidane Chara, I have a feeling in the year 2022, I know who I might side with on that. Like, like I know he's got a lot. Of everyone, everyone has seen the clip of Pavel Batsuk and Logan Couture in the corner. It would be that, but center ice... <laughs> I McKinney mean, would deliberately skate towards him. Like, he yes. wouldn't even go around He'd skate him. He would skate towards him, and he would try his most ridiculous deke that he has in his repertoire like he would because he knows it up, it'll work. Bounce it yeah. off
1: the ice. Oh, yes. Seven, and a half, seven feet, ten inches off the ice over him. Do a backflip with the puck and then land with the
0: puck on a stick. And it would work. Yeah. Like, it, it just... I saw that and I was baffled. I was instantly baffled. Like, but that's If you are bringing him in for like a taxi
1: squad, sure. Yeah. sure. If, if you're bringing him
0: in to... Short of that, <laughs> short of
1: that, don't do it. And he better be I your saw, last I saw taxi teams... squad.
0: Yeah, I saw who was it also. Um... Shit, I won't be able to find it now, of course. But um, I'm pretty sure I saw Anaheim was in the mix. Um. Shit, I don't even know if I said. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on
1: so this report,
0: this report, um, Muzzin injury, Jake Muzzin no. could make the Leafs an aggressive, aggressive suitor. Um, leg cramp. Yeah. So, it, uh, if any team is going to trade for 45-year-old Zidane Chara, Oh, In yeah, 2022, <laughs> it's going to be Toronto. And I can't wait to watch Toronto Twitter and the media absolutely go ballistic about this.
1: It's like when they tra- uh, traded for or signed David Clarkson from New Jersey. Yep. And they were like...
0: That was so, the Jeff Skinner deal before the Jeff Skinner deal. Yeah.
1: That was like, we just signed Wayne Gretzky. And so, like do you give us the cup now or do we just play the season for funds or what Unreal. they, if they pick up Chara, which I, you know what I do see them doing just because it's Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. They do pick up Chara. You'll never hear the end of it from all Toronto faith faithful. they will be like Toronto's, uh Did you know Chara is a fucking all time legend, right? All time. Yeah, legend. He,
0: yeah, he was, he was, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he 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 was an all-time <laughs> legend. Like he was an all-time legend from when he got drafted in 1963 <laughs> till like, I'd say he stopped adding to his legacy 2015.
1: Like I'm sure Boston was giving his one year one million dollar contract that he always got after every year just because they liked him. Like I just because
0: he is probably amazing in a locker. Oh. Yeah. Easy. Great leader, obviously we know that. It's just not. The, you're old. You got like the that, longest you, stick in you, NHL history. Okay.
1: Okay, that's just more room for me to put it underneath. Like or, in, his, or,
0: in his prime, he was a Norris caliber defenseman, top five D man, obviously every year. Who could shoot the Great. puck 100 mile an hour? Yeah, who could but kill if he does someone that with the now, His hip will pop out. His hip will pop out, and if that doesn't happen, then. You know, his bones I,
1: are brittle; will break.
0: Well, I was gonna say, like someone like Sam Reinhardt will deke the fuck out of him, and it'll pop his hip out. <laughs> like it, I just don't know. But uh, you know, it's funny for I us. Just had, to say I had that. to, yes, I had to just throw that in there before we wrap things up here. But Hicks, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Anything else you want to get off your chest? I, I got, I got some stuff here. It can wait. We, can we wait. didn't get to it, but but it's not it's the stuff that we talked about, it's not like it's not a matter of urgency, like it's currently happening or anything. Exactly. It's just, I topics, stuff we talked about. Yes, exactly. So um, yeah, we will get to that. I'm sure you'll hear those discussions at some point, but that has been the NHL pod back at it. Um, I have a blast doing this one with you, man. It is oh. so fun. It's so, fun to just talk hockey.
1: And I'm just waiting for your set. But I mean
0: I'll get there. Yeah, I gotta get put my Crosby there.
1: And then I might just you're you're your Martin Gelina there on that side. Martin
0: Gelina goes right there. Yeah. Right there. Okay. Probably have Kipper on the door, maybe. And then
1: Happy Bulin over here. Yeah. Have,
0: yeah, and then my needle need meter is going to hang down from the rafters where he belongs. Um, that has been the show. We get Vinnie a the of. Okay, yeah, we're going to keep, man. Look how they're over there. Yeah, you know, I'm fucking put. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. Oh, man, this is a blast. If you're still listening, we appreciate it. Go like, subscribe, share, tell your friends to fucking listen. If they like hockey, if they don't like hockey, listen to this. Exactly. Half the time, we don't talk about hockey. Yep. Um, it is a blast, though. Of course, go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at The Booth EC on both. Buy your merch. There's links. All that fun stuff. Just fucking live your life. Do what you want. Do what you want and listen to us. Listen to us. Do what you want. We appreciate all the support, everything, every like. It really does help. And until next time, we will see you later.
1: Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, li-
0: Oh, listening to the booth. You're keeping it in. in.
1: I'll keep it in. Listening to the
0: booth with your boys and girls. No, we're not girls.